Story 57 of Household Tales by Brothers Grimm. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Household Tales by Brothers Grimm. The Golden Bird. In the olden time there was a king who had behind his palace a beautiful pleasure garden in which there was a tree that bore golden apples. When the apples were getting ripe, they were counted, but on the very next morning one was missing. This was told to the king, and he ordered that a watch should be kept every night beneath the tree. The king had three sons, the eldest of whom he sent as soon as night came on into the garden. But when the night came, he could not keep himself from sleeping, and next morning again an apple was gone. The following night the second son had to keep watch. It fared no better with him. As soon as twelve o'clock had struck, he fell asleep, and in the morning an apple was gone. Now it came to the turn of the third son to watch, and he was quite ready. But the king had not much trust in him, and thought that he would be of less use even than his brothers. But at last he let him go. The youth lay down beneath the tree, but kept awake, and did not let sleep master him. When it struck twelve, something rustled through the air, and in the moonlight he saw a bird coming whose feathers were all shining with gold. The bird alighted on the tree, and had just plucked off an apple when the youth shot an arrow at him. The bird flew off, but the arrow had struck his plumage, and one of his golden feathers fell down. The youth plucked it up, and the next morning took it to the king and told him what he had seen in the night. The king called his council together, and everyone declared that a feather like this was worth more than the whole kingdom. If the feather is so precious, declared the king, one alone will not do for me. I must and will have the whole bird. The eldest son set out. He trusted to his cleverness, and thought that he would easily find the golden bird. When he had gone some distance, he saw a fox sitting at the edge of a wood. So he cocked his gun and took aim at him. The fox cried, Do not shoot me, and in return I will give you some good counsel. You are on the way to the golden bird, and this evening you will come to a village in which stand two inns opposite to one another. One of them is lighted up brightly, and all goes on merrily within. But do not go into it. Go rather into the other, even though it seems a bad one. How can such a silly beast give wise advice, thought the king's son, and he pulled the trigger. But he missed the fox, who stretched out his tail and ran quickly into the wood. So he pursued his way, and by evening came to the village where the two inns were. In one they were singing and dancing, the other had a poor, miserable look. I should be a fool indeed, he thought, if I were to go into the shabby tavern and pass by the good one. So he went into the cheerful one, lived there in riot and revel, and forgot the bird and his father, and all good counsels. When some time had passed, and the eldest son, for a month after month, did not come back home, the second set out, wishing to find the golden bird. The fox met him as he had met the eldest, and gave him the good advice of which he took no heed. He came to the two inns, and his brother was standing at the window of the one from which came the music, and called out to him. He could not resist, but went inside and lived only for pleasure. Again some time passed, and then the king's youngest son wanted to set off and try his luck, but his father would not allow it. 
It is of no use, he said. He will find the golden bird still less than his brothers, and if a mishap were to befall him, he knows not how to help himself. He is a little wanting at the best. But at last, as he had no peace, he let him go. Again the fox was sitting outside the wood, and begged for his life, and offered his good advice. The youth was good-natured, and said, Be easy, little fox, I will do you no harm. You shall not repent it, answered the fox, and that you may get on more quickly. Get up behind on my tail. And scarcely had he seated himself when the fox began to run, and away he went over stock and stone till his hair whistled in the wind. When they came to the village, the youth got off. He followed the good advice, and without looking round, turned into the little inn, where he spent the night quietly. The next morning, as soon as he got into the open country, there sat the fox already, and said, I will tell you further what you have to do. Go on quite straight, and at last you will come to a castle, in front of which a whole regiment of soldiers is lying. But do not trouble yourself about them, for they will all be asleep and snoring. Go through the midst of them straight into the castle, and go through all the rooms, till at last you will come to a chamber where a golden bird is hanging in a wooden cage. Close by there stands an empty gold cage for show, but beware of taking the bird out of the common cage and putting it into the fine one, or it may go badly with you. With these words the fox again stretched out his tail, and the king's son seated himself upon it, and away he went over stock and stone till his hair whistled in the wind. When he came to the castle he found everything as the fox had said. The king's son went into the chamber where the golden bird was shut up in a wooden cage, whilst a golden one stood hard by, and the three golden apples lay about the room. But, he thought, it would be absurd if I were to leave the beautiful bird in the common and ugly cage. So he opened the door, laid hold of it, and put it into the golden cage. But at the same moment the bird uttered a shrill cry. The soldiers awoke, rushed in, and took him off to prison. The next morning he was taken before a court of justice, and as he confessed everything, was sentenced to death. The king, however, said that he would grant him his life on one condition, namely, if he brought him the golden horse which ran faster than the wind, and in that case he should receive, over and above, as a reward, the golden bird. The king's son set off, but he sighed and was sorrowful, for how was he to find the golden horse? But all at once he saw his old friend the fox sitting on the road. Look you, said the fox, this has happened because you did not give heed to me. However, be of good courage. I will give you my help, and tell you how to get to the golden horse. You must go straight on, and you will come to a castle, where in the stable stands the horse. The grooms will be lying in front of the stable, but they will be asleep and snoring, and you can quietly lead out the golden horse. But of one thing you must take heed. Put on him the common saddle of wood and leather, and not the golden one, which hangs close by, else it will go ill with you. Then the fox stretched out his tail, the king's son seated himself upon it, and away he went over stock and stone until his hair whistled in the wind. Everything happened just as the fox had said. The prince came to the stable in which the golden horse was standing, but just as he was going to put the common saddle upon him, he thought, It will be a shame to such a beautiful beast if I do not give him the good saddle which belongs to him by right. But scarcely had the golden saddle touched the horse that he began to neigh loudly. The grooms awoke, seized the youth, and threw him in prison. The next morning he was sentenced by the court to death, but the king promised to grant him his life, and the golden horse as well, if he could bring back the beautiful princess from the golden castle. With a heavy heart the youth set out, yet luckily for him he soon found the trusty fox. "'I ought only to leave you to your ill luck,' said the fox." 
but I pity you, and will help you once more out of your trouble. This road takes you straight to the golden castle. You will reach it by eventide. And at night, when everything is quiet, the beautiful princess goes to the bathing house to bathe. When she enters it, run up to her and give her a kiss. Then she will follow you, and you can take her away with you. Only do not allow her to take leave of her parents first, or it will go ill with you. Then the fox stretched out his tail. The king's son seated himself upon it, and away the fox went, over stock and stone, till his hair whistled in the wind. When he reached the golden castle, it was just as the fox had said. He waited until midnight, when everything lay in deep sleep, and the beautiful princess was going to the bathing house. Then he sprang out and gave her a kiss. She said that she would like to go with him, but she asked him pitifully, and with tears, to allow her first to take leave of her parents. At first he withstood her prayer, but when she wept more and more and fell at his feet, he at last gave in. But no sooner had the maiden reached the bedside of her father that he and all the rest in the castle awoke, and the youth was laid hold off and put into prison. The next morning the king said to him, "'Your life is forfeited.' and you can only find mercy if you take away the hill which stands in front of my windows and prevents my seeing beyond it. And you must finish it all within eight days. If you do that, you shall have my daughter as your reward. The king's son began and dug and shoveled without leaving off. But when after seven days he saw how little he had done and how all his work was as good as nothing, he fell into a great sorrow and gave up all hope. But on the evening of the seventh day, the fox appeared and said, you do not deserve that. I should take any trouble about you, but just go away and lie down to sleep. I will do the work for you. The next morning, when he awoke and looked out the window, the hill had gone. The youth ran, full of joy, to the king and told him that the task was fulfilled, and whether he liked it or not, the king had to hold to his word and give him his daughter. So the two set forth together, and it was not long before the trusty fox came upon them. "'You've certainly got what is best,' he said, "'but the golden horse also belongs to the maiden of the golden castle.' "'How shall I get it?' asked the youth. "'That I will tell you,' answered the fox. First, take the beautiful maiden to the king "'who sent you to the golden castle. "'There will be unheard of rejoicing. "'They will gladly give you the golden horse. "'I will bring it to you. "'Mount it as soon as possible "'and offer your hand to all in farewell, "'last of all to the beautiful maiden. "'And as soon as you have taken her hand, "'swing her up onto the horse and gallop away. "'And no one will be able to bring you back, "'for the horse runs faster than the wind.' "'All was carried out successfully, "'and the king's son carried off the beautiful princess "'on the golden horse.' The fox did not remain behind, and he said to the youth, Now I will help you to get to the golden bird. When you come near to the castle where the golden bird is to be found, let the maiden get down, and I will take her into my care. Then ride with the golden horse into the castle yard. There will be great rejoicing at the sight, and they will bring out the golden bird for you. As soon as you have the cage in your hand, gallop back to us and take the maiden away. When the plan had succeeded and the king's son was about to ride home with his treasures, the fox said, Now you shall reward me for my help. What do you require for it? asked the youth. When you get into the wood yonder, shoot me dead and chop off my head and feet. That would be fine gratitude, said the king's son. I cannot possibly do that for you. The fox said, If you will not do it, I must leave you. But before I go away, I will give you a piece of good advice. Be careful about two things. By no gallows flesh, and do not sit at the edge of any well. And then he ran into the wood. The youth thought, that is a wonderful beast. He has strange whims. Who is going to buy gallows flesh? And the desire to sit at the edge of a well, it has never yet seized me. 
He rode on with the beautiful maiden, and his road took him again through the village in which his two brothers had remained. There was a great stir and noise, and when he asked what was going on, he was told that two men were going to be hanged. As he came nearer to the place, he saw that they were his brothers, who had been playing all kinds of wicked pranks, and had squandered all their wealth. He inquired whether they could not be set free. "'If you will pay for them,' answered the people. "'But why should I waste your money on wicked men, and buy them free?' He did not think twice about it, but paid for them, and when they were set free, they all went on their way together. They came to the wood where the fox had first met them, as it was cool and pleasant within it. The two brothers said, "'Let us rest a little by the well, and eat and drink.' He agreed, and whilst they were talking, he forgot himself, and sat down upon the edge of the well without thinking of any evil. But the two brothers threw him backwards into the well, took the maiden, the horse, and the bird, and went home to their father. "'Here we bring you not only the golden bird,' said they. "'We have won the golden horse, too, and the maiden of the golden castle.' Then was their great joy. But the horse would not eat, the bird would not sing, and the maiden sat and wept. But the youngest brother was not dead. By good fortune the well was dry, and he fell upon soft moss without being hurt. But he could not get out again. Even in this strait the faithful fox did not leave him. It came and leapt down to him, and upbraided him for having forgotten its advice. But yet I cannot give it up so, he said. I will help you up again into daylight. He bade him grasp his tail and keep tight hold of it, and then he pulled him up. "'You are not out of all danger yet,' said the fox. "'Your brothers were not sure of your death, "'and have surrounded the wood with watchers "'who are to kill you if you let yourself be seen. "'But a poor man was sitting upon the road "'with whom the youth changed clothes, "'and in this way he got to the king's palace. "'No one knew him, but the bird began to sing, "'the horse began to eat, "'and the beautiful maiden left off weeping. "'The king, astonished, asked, "'What does this mean?' "'Then the maiden said,' I do not know, but I have been so sorrowful, and now I am happy. I feel as if my true bridegroom has come. She told him all that had happened, although the other brothers had threatened her with death if she were to betray anything. The king commanded that all people who were in his castle should be brought before him, and amongst them came the youth in his ragged clothes. But the maiden knew him at once and fell upon his neck. The wicked brothers were seized and put to death, but he was married to the beautiful maiden and declared heir to the king. But how did it fare with the poor fox? Long afterwards, the king's son was once again walking in the wood, when the fox met him and said, You have everything now that you can wish for, but there is never an end to my misery, and yet it is in your power to free me. And again he asked him with tears to shoot him dead and chop off his head and feet. So he did it, and scarcely was it done when the fox was changed into a man, and was no other than the brother of the beautiful princess, who at last was freed from the magic charm which had been laid upon him, and now nothing more was wanting to their happiness as long as they lived. End of Story 57 Read by Nicole DiDio, Montpellier, Vermont, USA, March twenty sixth, 2022